Welcome to a brand new episode of Pop Cannon. This is episode 52. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. My name's Paul. And I'm Joe. Welcome. And today we have uh, the task ahead of us to dissect and talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> it happened, guys. It sure fucking did. <laughs> uh, four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League dropped on HBO Max last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, we have all seen it. Uh, so, who wants to start initial thoughts? <laughs> Joe, when the credits rolled, what did you think? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I think I'm probably, like, the minority that thought, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought this movie was just too fucking long. I felt there was a lot of fat that could have and should have been cut, um, I thought that we overused the slow motion a lot. Um, But overall, like, I was, you know, somehow able to weed that out in my mind. And I did really enjoy this. I think there is a really good movie there. I think it just was a little... um, Bloated? Yeah. I think he just kind of let himself go. Like, he didn't really... Mm -hmm think he needed to limit himself which like that's an artist's choice in a way um but i think that this movie could have been cut down a lot but all in all as long as you know going in that you're going to be there for four hours yeah (laughs) and you you know are committed to these characters i think you'll probably have a good time so i feel like somehow I never felt bored watching this movie, which is crazy with it being four hours and everything. It did kind of feel like, oh, you know, I got to I got to camp out for the night. (laughs) (laughs) After this is over, my day's over, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Um, But yeah, somehow I never felt like, oh, this is kind of lingering. You know what I mean? There was always something new. And something interesting happening. And I guess, like, for when you're coming at it from, you know, oh, how is this different from the theatrical cut? Which I know we didn't run it, really want to get into that too much. But, like, I, I made the connections, like, as I was yeah. watching it. I didn't want to, but it just happened. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's long as fuck. And it, <laughs> and it may, that makes it hard to, like, want to watch again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I really want to watch it again. I just don't know when I'm gonna like do it. I guess I'd have to like split it up, which is yeah. fine. But anyway, I like the movie. It's not perfect, and I I can agree that you know maybe the like Martian Manhunter thing like didn't need to be there, but I think it's only there because like Zack Snyder doesn't think there's gonna be another movie so he's like all right well i might as well just throw it in there like mm-hmm. if this is going to be the last one i might i might as well it's four already four hours i might yeah i like i might as well complete the thought yeah mm-hmm. because 
in the the original production art artwork and posters that we got, it was Unite the Seven. Oh, we really? didn't know what that meant. We were assuming seven Justice League members, and then throughout, I was always ca- trying to count, and I'm like, with Superman, that's six. Who's seven? And you get the answer at the end of the movie. Yeah. The tiny man in Batman's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, but credits roll for me, and I was like, I couldn't believe all that we got. All of the avenues that it went down. And how, in a team-up movie, I never felt, or I didn't feel at the end of it, like I wanted to, like nobody got enough screen time. Mm -hmm. I felt like we spent an equal amount of time with everybody, it seemed like. Everybody had their own kind of like, vignette sort of thing at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then we introduce them, and then we get them together. And they each have their moment to do a thing by themselves. Like, everybody had that. Um, I think the only person that I wanted to see more of was Darkseid. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when the movie ended. I was like, oh. Yeah. That, for me, that was the that was the only thing, you know? But otherwise, I've, like, I can't believe how much we got and how, like generous with the levels of all of the different things that we went through and pointed everybody at the same thing and then got through it together. Like it felt like the first time I read the, I think it's Mark Wade and Alex Ross justice graphic novel, not kingdom come, which is significantly smaller. Yeah. But yeah. Justice. Like, I, that's what it felt like. Like, once that was over, I was like, wow, we were all over the place in that. And it was fucking awesome. Right. That um, I mean, that's what the comic books are like. Yeah. I def- it felt it felt like such a comic book experience. Yeah. Especially in the transitions from character to character and story beat to story beat. It felt like turn page. Here we are. Mm hmm. I know there's all the criticism with Zack Snyder and his slow-mo. Um, but, like, if you didn't know that that was going to happen coming in, like, you've never seen another one of his films because he fucking loves it. And that's just it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just That's just it. You know? Yeah, but I don't need to see Lois getting coffee in slow motion. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> I think I think... Whenever, whenever, like the slow motion, like really lingers, and it's especially in an action sequence, I always think of it as a splash page. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And like in the action sequences, like I don't necessarily fault it. Like I think it works yeah. there, but I think it has a place, and I don't know that it always belonged where it was used. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Credits, credits roll for me, and. I wanted more, honestly. I wanted more from the universe. I wanted to see more of these characters. Not saying that I didn't get enough, because I Mm -hmm. think we got plenty as far as one singular film is concerned. I was really satisfied with all of like the extra stuff that we got and the differences Mm -hmm. from the theatrical release. Um, it, It felt like justified that this artist got his opportunity to tell his story, his way, the way that he envisioned originally. 
For um, better or worse, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, for better or worse. And whether or not we get more of that is yet to be seen, whatever. I'm not going to hold my breath. No. Because um, I'm very satisfied. That's That's basically the one word that, like... I feel about the Snyder cut of justice league is I feel satisfied having watched it mm. all four hours for better or worse, whether or not the scene needed to be there or not, because I'm an editor and you could pull things out. You could still make sense. You could make the movie three hours and it would still be good, but I'm appreciative of what we did get. So and uh, I, I think either Paul or Joe had mentioned uh, a little bit of the drag of it as it went on. And I didn't feel it necessarily, um, but there was a point in the movie where I was like, all right, where the fuck is Superman? You know what I mean? Like, I, I wasn't, like, tired of what we were getting, but I was like, I know we have to get there, and we're yeah. still, like miles away from that you know because he doesn't show up until i think it's like 238 something like that yeah like right before the climax because like i mean where else could you put him like i feel like that's where he has to go like i was at that point i was like okay can we get to and then we have to go through the entire awakening of him which is like also a very 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 long scene with a lot of slow motion um (laughs) That I didn't hate. I just was like, I know where we're going. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what kind of sucks about it. And I wish I I could find somebody that did not see the theatrical release and then just watch this 100% fresh, never having known what was in that film. That was Cheyenne's experience. And it was good. Go get her. (laughs) She even said to me today, I'm I'm like really glad that I just went in seeing like what he originally wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. She was like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, because I think it would it would vastly change have changed my experience if like Paul was saying I wasn't calling out Oh, there's that. Yeah. When's Superman gonna get here? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of shit. Like that's that's really what was I feel like detrimental to it for me but all of the stuff that was fresh to this was like very welcome yeah you know what i mean yeah and um, then like like more context on certain things and stuff i like liked that. i liked all of the i mean he probably had the least amount but i loved all of the stuff with barry yeah and i like that he was way less like a fucking kooky nimrod and right <laughs> and I, more, I think more he, like he's like a he's he makes jokes because he's the youngest one and kind of doesn't understand he, the gravity of what the fuck is going on yeah and i think he uses it as a defense mechanism like yeah. he makes the jokes because he's uncomfortable yeah yeah and that's insanely relatable to everybody as opposed to whatever happened the last time i think he gets like the some of the best scenes like yeah running back into the past yeah. is badass I, it's so it was so cool watching people like rematerialize uh, yeah like from bone to muscle tissue to flesh yeah. and like the blood and like the eyeballs like appearing and sh- that yeah. was fucking amazing yeah I, lo- yeah I loved that and then of course the scene where he's like running behind superman and superman's eyes just moves like, yeah I, I feel like 
I feel like that's an underrated scene. Like that was left in the theatrical one, though. Didn't wasn't it, it? Was yeah. it was it differently, yeah. and it though. still plays. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was it was framed. I feel like so much differently in that. Okay, and then in this, it was way more serious, and way more like Barry's not a funny fucking dog making a face. He's like <laughs> trying to understand how that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, because yeah. when when he when he sees Superman's eye turn, he does that face. But mm-hmm. we don't hold on that face and cut back to that face six times. We hits his reaction, and then he's like, "I've got to get away from him." Yeah, you know. And then Superman, and I love that in the context of that scene, they prove who's faster. But <laughs> um, because it's Barry, or he doesn't need to exist anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, not yeah. Superman's Superman's fast enough, but he's not as fast as Barry, and he can't run into the past. Right. He's not the fastest man alive. Exactly. But so so that that scene's framed totally differently. Yeah. Than it was originally, and it like plays way more uh, serious, and it's almost more menacing of Superman because he looks like he's out to like get him. Yeah, and. And then I think he has the best intro, like how mm-hmm. everybody gets like their own like little intro. Yeah, I think he has the best one. Like that song, I felt like the other songs were kind of annoying, in like a weird way for like the other characters, like the King's song for like Arthur. I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like yeah. it, it was like trying too hard or something. But the song that played for the Flash one was awesome, and like. Just how that whole scene plays out is like great, great to watch. The scene where they bring Superman back, I really loved the little touch in the dialogue where after Cyborg gets a glimpse of the apocalypse future, Mm. uh, he says no. He whispers no, and then Flash says go. Go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is, which I think is like a little seed that's like planting a little seed like he shouldn't have run he shouldn't have done it right right like we're we're on we're We're on on the the path path of future dissension yes among the ranks because he didn't hear him right well does isn't that what um cyborgs like the grid or whatever you call it i know it's the grid in doom patrol i don't know if it's through that throughout yeah yeah um, it says like the future is taken root in the present Mm-hmm. after he has that vision and after Flash does it. That's the AI of the ship talking to him. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, shit. that's the AI of the ship talking to him. Gotcha, yeah. yeah. And it's also, like, acknowledging uh, the apocalypse technology is uh, uh, hostile and corrupt and shit, and it's like, don't do this. The ship's like, don't do this right, over right. and over again. But that's, like, the ship telling them not to do it because the ship also speaks to superman obviously and then um also lex in bvs and like cyborg dude yeah holy shit yeah Yeah. i was gonna say his intro for me was my favorite of all of the characters i think of the new characters anyway i agree um cyborg i have kind of issues with aquaman and flash's um intros in this and even wonder woman's to an extent but cyborgs didn't feel out of place because everything about cyborg's story here fed the narrative. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. I thought he got a very complete story. 
Yeah. Um, Ray Fisher's amazing. He is. Um, it's even like great to look at, like you say Barry's the youngest, but I think he and Cyborg are roughly the same age, but yeah. they're just such different people. I wasn't um, even thinking of Cyborg when I said that, but yeah, you're right. Well, just Cyborg, because like, and this is like, he's like 19. Yeah. Even though like Ray Fisher's like a 30 year old man playing a college yeah. student, <laughs> yeah. but like also just the trauma that he's experienced. I don't need like, Dude. and I don't even know what the timeline's supposed to be here. It's like within, you know, at least less than a year he's experienced yeah. all this and he's still actively going through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved Cyborg's story, but like, Barry's opening scene, it was really cool effects, but it didn't serve the narrative. Like, it just, it was just, right. this is Barry, mm. and here's he does this. 15 yeah. minutes of him going fast. Whereas, like, <laughs> the conversation with Batman serves the exact same purpose to show, like, this is the extent of his ability. Granted, like, it's not as beautiful of a scene. Yeah. But, like, it also moves the narrative forward. Yeah. Right. And then Wonder Woman like blowing up a school. <laughs> like, I'm like, what, what's the point besides to show that what her gauntlets? That was a bank. Did? That wasn't a school. <laughs> oh, I thought up it was a school. school. <laughs> no, there was just a school trip. <laughs> what what there? school like a, goes a to the bank? Trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were on a field they're, trip. They're finance uh, students. <laughs> I think it was a. I think it was a museum. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think, think I don't it was think a. I don't think they bank. were robbing anything. They were just trying to make like a weird statement. Yeah, they were just gonna blow yeah. it up. Yeah, they're reactionary terrorists who want to turn the clock back in Europe one hundred years. What? <laughs> what terrorist like honestly believes that they're a terrorist in their head? <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? I'm a terrorist. He was Joe. He was in the lasso of Hestia, and it compelled him to tell the truth. <laughs> it's not like there your you go, truth. Yeah. It's factual truth. <laughs> <laughs> you're objectively a terrorist and you yeah like it's, it's objective yeah. truth that's, that's what the lasso great. compels you to say that doesn't the, make any the, fucking sense the objective truth <laughs> he's read about himself he knows it, he's a terrorist in all, in all honesty though I, I kind of wish that the that those terrorists <laughs> were actually connected to the to a bit more the main the story yeah. like if there was like yeah. a dark like a dark side cult that like existed on earth for like a hundreds of years or something. Right. And they know he's coming or something. Yeah. And they, yeah. yeah. I got See, it. I feel like... I'm okay with it being disconnected because it's okay. just another thing that we get to see wonder woman, like what she's yeah. up to. The existence of that sequence, uh, justifies the entire existence of wonder woman 84 because she's in different cities popping up to protect things and then disappearing again. Because she wound up leaving wherever she was, because I think that was London, and then wound up going to France or something like that, right? Like, okay. she didn't stay in the same city. Yeah. So I think she wound up leaving because she showed up, did something, and then had to go to another place. But I like that scene because, just because the terrorists themselves were more sinister. They're way more menacing, and they're not, like, a fart joke. Right. Like, <laughs> we took them seriously, and then they got handled seriously. I yeah. like that. Speaking of seriously, like, when she shows up and is doing the gauntlets and deflecting the bullets and seeing that in, like, full speed looked mm -hmm. amazing. No, but that scene was very powerful, and then she has that moment with the little girl. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think as it compares to, like, reading a graphic novel, the whole film, like, that scene... Uh, ends perfectly with a focus on a cop that we don't know and he sees the guy's hat land on the car. 
so he knows what happened there. That feels like it's two panels at the end of an arc to go to the next thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it, it feels like in comic books, we kind of like, we'll get that. You'll be like, why are we looking at the cop suddenly? And then the hat lands. You're like, oh shit, that guy blew up and he's dead now. And then we move to the next, you flip the page and you're in another place talking about something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Okay, so the action in this is amazing. Like, I won't fault that. Um, except for sometimes where it just awkwardly stops. But that's not really, that doesn't happen here. It was a great action scene, but like it didn't tie into the greater narrative like her seeing the bonfire that gets her involved in the story mm-hmm. right. but her one-off scene and like i understand that everybody got their right. hero moment showing them being a hero out in the world but it yeah. just honestly like the comment about wonder woman 84 is a good point because a lot of these scenes it feels like they're trying to make a movie for every character mm-hmm. instead of just making one movie this movie right yeah yeah, like, I like I didn't need a Flash origin story. Not origin story, but, like, it's like a mini kind of Flash movie that's not as good as a full Flash movie would have been. <laughs> right. Yeah. To see stuff. But I am struck by how um, we basically have an origin for everybody. Yeah. Except Flash. Yeah. Like, and that's through both times that we've... Uh, or the only time that we've seen him actually but even in the other cut of this there's no lightning strike or we just know that he can go fucking super fast and we don't know how Mm -hmm. which i appreciate that they know that you just know that the flash fucking runs fast and that's really all you need to know right exactly you know they they know that you have a base level information of what that character is and then they can just keep going as opposed to like right do we have to show his mom getting killed and having to go through, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the yeah. thing for this movie. I don't need to know that he's, you know, between jobs. I right. don't need to know that his right. dad's in prison for the murder of his mother that he didn't commit, which like, <laughs> if I didn't like, you know, watch the CW show or read the comics, I'm like, this is a lot of information just getting thrown at me. And it's yeah. the same with Aquaman. It's a lot of just conversations that like, if I hadn't seen the Aquaman movie, I like I I wouldn't know personally because I am just yeah. not as into DC. Right. But like they're just like your mother's responsibility to go to the surface <laughs> and take up her trident and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he lives well, underwater. That's funny I get though it. because this movie on the timeline takes place before Aquaman does. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And but it was like, always intended I, to. Right. And I like I get that he's the outcast king or whatever, but like it's just through these like slowdowns of dialogue that you're just throwing a lot of exposition about a character at me that doesn't really matter a whole ton to the greater narrative. Mm -hmm. Like the stuff about like the Amazons and the Atlanteans went to war at one point. That was like an interesting little, like just a one throwaway that's like, Oh, I would like to know more about that. Maybe I'll go see one of these other movies sometime. But it's like, I don't know. It's a lot of stuff. The only other thing in, diana's opening scene that like i could justify it serving the greater narrative was just showing that like her gauntlets could vaporize a lesser man but then every other time she uses them they don't do anything against who she's using them against um except uh but they're not lesser men yeah there uh, but there is a good um line when she's doing that scene with alfred who like jeremy irons is amazing in this whole oh movie oh my god um, yes 
it was like a little distracting after having seen Watchmen with him in it yes. to like not connect him <laughs> with that character, which I definitely <laughs> didn't, you know, obviously didn't do back then. But um, when <laughs> she's looking at the gauntlets that he's making and she's just like, oh, you should make a lasso too because she realizes that Batman's right. copying her tech. that like i got a chuckle out of that and like it's such a dude that's such a great moment and then he uses it and it burns up like instantly (laughs) yeah (laughs) i really liked the dialogue between her and batman throughout the entire film it's a lot better but another thing that i did want to say about wonder woman was that Every motherfucking time she was on the screen, they played. Oh, no. They played the. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and god! every every time that happened, I did that out loud. <laughs> just just to upset my girlfriend. It's Dude, so much. So it it's really disheartening to me <laughs> because she has like the greatest theme track right now in that universe and probably across comic book movies in general like yeah the single greatest fucking thing that we've ever heard like the first time i heard that it struck me so hard i, I that i literally cried at it made me so fucking emotional because the just like there was so much to it and then they played it like a couple times here and there but then they would cut back into the ancestral yelling and i was like <laughs> i don't want any more of that i don't it was I really like don't. every single time if they you... use it as a musical cue it's one thing if they used it where she was doing something that her amazonian sisters did years ago while they were like and they used it at that point yeah and then they use it the music to be like a callback to the thing that she's doing that's one thing yeah. but they did not do that no they were just playing it every time we saw her and yeah. it got really distracting yeah in the action scenes it was like every when, time and when she's fighting steppenwolf and she goes over him and she hits the slow-mo yeah we get the good song and then it hits the slow-mo and we just drop it <laughs> and we go right into the ancestral yelling and i was like it was the Ugh. same feeling as like Civil War. Every time you see Black Panther, it's like Africa.mp3. And you're just like, <laughs> why are we doing this? Dude, same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. 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 It, and it becomes distracting after a while because then your attention diverts from what you're seeing to what yeah. you're hearing. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, that's right. Every time he came on screen, he was just like, huh! And then <laughs> Ryan Googler said, we don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! Music-wise, other like, I loved them bringing back the the song from the beginning for the the opening prologue where Superman and Doomsday die. Uh, that I think it's called like No Big Lie or No Lie or something like that, but it's the same song from like the open of the beautiful BBS. Lie. The beautiful yeah. lie. That's it. Yeah, it's that's such a good such a good track yeah it is and they use it here in where superman dies and doomsday dies and there's like that shock wave that goes throughout the world yeah that i felt like a lot more people were gonna crush in their reviews and nobody said anything about it as far as i've seen which i was like really surprised by because it's kind of hokey but to me that's what lex Luthor is talking about at the end of bvs when he says that the bell has been rung yeah that's the bell yeah 
Yeah. Like, Earth is open for business now because the Kryptonian's dead. Mm, yeah. And also, there's a second wave because Doomsday dies because he's technically also Kryptonian. Mm. I mean, it, and he was, like, the last Kryptonian, so it's like, right. that's why it's a bigger deal. Right. I remember thinking, like, when that, when it all started, first, like, it was a really nice transition from the DC logo straight into yeah. that opening. Like, it it was a tableau on like a tableau but um yeah it, <laughs> i remember thinking like oh we're getting a director's cut of the end of batman i was honestly i was very i was very surprised that he went back to it i was very yeah. surprised because i thought other thing, like, it was going to pick up from from any other thing i did not expect to get the end of that movie kind of well because the implication is this is like immediately after batman versus superman too like within like a week or so at least yeah it seems like yeah i couldn't really tell but it seems like it's in the immediate present it's not like a year later or something right. like that yeah, it it's feels in... like within like two to three weeks yeah that we're getting all of this unfolding so in superman's resurrection when he's finally up in the sky um, and he comes down and he's dealing with everyone. Uh, his laser vision was insane. Like the visual of the laser coming out of his, it looked like it was like a faucet. Like it wasn't controlled and it wasn't oh. focused. It was like, like waves of it coming out. It was very un trained and uncoordinated and i think that's supposed to speak to the fact that he's maybe there's energy buildup maybe there's you know like any sort of like residual or something like that but also being like empowered now suddenly out of nowhere it's like exploding out of him because when it shows it when he points towards batman i guess and he's like cutting that car in half yeah it looks like it's just leaking onto that car and just melting it so huh. it was I was like, holy shit, that was terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, I think that whole scene, he's supposed to like be in shock, right? Right. Like he, it's, his fight or flight is just at like 11, yeah. and for a being of his caliber is a terrifying thing. Bruce in that whole scene is just like terrified. Because like first, like he's not there because he can't obviously keep up with the other four. So right. like, they're the ones that get there first. But then it's all of them just trying to slow Superman down. And Bruce like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. I love that he's like in the background pulling people to like a safe distance and like stuff like like doing things that make sense that Bruce Wayne would be doing if he can't be on in the front fighting somebody. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, like he knows where he's useful. <laughs> yeah. Which I think they really did a good job with Batman in this movie. Where they placed him in the battles and where yeah. what role he had yeah. going throughout. So I was I was a big fan of that. It was really like he's great as Batman. Yeah, he was really yeah. so great as Batman. I just, it just feels like he like he fucking gets it. Like that's really he just like there's no uneasiness with like Val Kilmer and there's no like pomp pomposity from from George Clooney like Ben Affleck feels like he's Bruce Wayne like and that's it and I just 
it's awesome to see him in the cowl in the suit walking around doing shit like even when they're walking down like hallways and stuff i'm like god he looks fucking great in that costume (laughs) yeah seriously i think it's the best suit i was thinking about the idea of them filming that and ben is in this fucking big rubber suit (laughs) and ray fisher's in a sock (laughs) he's in a fucking morph suit with with shit on him and like the two of them are just like looking at each other like (laughs) yeah and i was really happy that they brought the bvs suit back Mm. like to be used way more because i love that suit it is awesome Uh, awesome. i prefer that suit to the justice league suit yeah like the tack suit yeah 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 uh, yeah, really, really nice to see Ben back in that cowl. Even though he doesn't put it on until two hours in. <laughs> but he he doesn't need to. That's yeah. the thing. He's rich and he bought the bank, Joe. <laughs> I'm so glad that, that that line remained. Yeah. That's the other <laughs> yeah. thing, though. Is there anybody in this movie who doesn't know that, that Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne is Batman? Batman. <laughs> Every single person knows. <laughs> Besides, yeah. like, maybe Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know. He has no idea. Well, when Cyborg first saw him, he was like, I wasn't sure you were real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was cute. Which is interesting because he's had access to the internet. That much. So, right. like. Yeah. And he yeah. plays for Gotham, Gotham City University. You'd think that, like, the Batman would come up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he learned so much about, like, he even, like, figured out who Diana was. Right like within 10 minutes but yeah but, that was like but a bruce nice... bruce is behind like six proxies so <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say it goes to show like how powerful the bat computer right. is compared to cyborg yeah which is an interesting thought project um so at the end uh when he meets the martian manhunter um <laughs> It's really difficult to try to pretend that those were filmed like that was all filmed together because oh, he's yeah. so much smaller. It's fucking frightening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, is he OK? He's very calm about it, too. He's just like, uh, hey. <laughs> yeah, but no, like is like Bruce like lost a significant amount of like Ben Affleck lost a significant amount of body weight and. I just hope that he's all right. <laughs> like, because the difference, in, the difference in size from the beginning of that movie to the end, you're like, that really took a lot out of him, dude. I think it's like more concerning how much he packed on for the movie, really. Like well, now he's yeah. just living a, like a but normal that's person's life. That's it. I mean, you, you sign, you sign on the dotted line, you're supposed to bulk up unless you're Robert yeah, Pattinson. Exactly. Who cares? Anyway. So you brought up Martian Manhunter. I did. What was everyone's opinion on Martian Manhunter being in the film? I'll go first. I loved having Martian Manhunter <laughs> in the CGI flesh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's cool because there was like that rumor and then the, what was it, like a storyboard that leaked that was like, uh, that actor from Man of Steel was actually Martian Manhunter all along and this was the plan for it and shit. Um, so to see it like happen is awesome like i'm never gonna be mad about getting another like for better or worse tentpole character in dc like on film um i don't know how i like how it frames the conversation that he technically had with lois because it was a very hearted conversation with her mother-in-law or would-be mother-in-law um and then it 
like to have that be Martian Manhunter and he's like the the world needs Lois Lane like what does he know about yeah. everything else that he's not tell like he's not showing his fucking notes here and that's kind of fucked up man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what does he know? Like that's what I took away from from that but I loved seeing him and then having them double up at the end and him introduce himself to Bruce. Uh I thought was like a a cool way for that character to be like I've waited way too long. Um, so now I'm here to help out in any way that I can. And Batman had just finished saying we got room for more chairs or whatever. (laughs) I really liked the addition of Martian Manhunter. And I liked that it turned out to be general Swanwick as Martian Manhunter, uh, just having him around in man of steel and BVS. It almost makes me wonder if he's been Swanwick the entire time or if mm. he's more recently become Swanwick. That's a, so. I mean, I feel like the implication of him even turning into Swanwick is to tell you that that's been him all along. You yeah. I mean? But yeah. in my head canon, I'm just like, it leaves it open. It I'm just be. saying like, there's yeah. no other reason for him to even turn into that guy other than to show you that's who he was. Yeah. Yeah. But was he Martha all along? Um, oh shit (laughs) i agree with you there yezzy like yeah that was a really nice scene with martha and lois and then it really just got undercut a bit by that reveal that didn't serve the narrative at all except to like double him back with bruce at the end so i have to have him somewhere but really Um, it wouldn't have even it really wouldn't wouldn't have even mattered mattered because It didn't affect Bruce in any way. But what what angle is Martian Manhunter playing here? <laughs> That's what well, I'm concerned that, about. Well, I think that storyboard, since mm. it leaked and it kind of helped start this whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that scene needed to be in there. Right. And since he added that second scene, I feel like we could have done away and just let it be Martha. Mm-hmm. But also... Like, the original thought for the after scene was I'm assuming that was where everybody's talking about John Stewart was supposed to be. Yeah. So really you wouldn't have had Yeah. Martian Manhunter otherwise. Yeah. For me it's just like another one of those things where I was like, Oh well, this is my last one, so I'll just <laughs> I'll just fucking throw it in there. Yeah. But I agree. I, I totally agree though, like it would have been different if, like, we felt like Lois being a reporter again wasn't something that, like, served the narrative. Maybe it's because he had four hours of, of screen time and he didn't devote all of it to Lois Lane in this movie. <laughs> so this was like an apology. <laughs> because she's overexposed in BVS. We get way too much of her in BVS. And then the recoil here is we've pulled back on Lois Lane tremendously. Which, overall, I think I'm thankful for because it would have just been another long thing for Lois Lane to do nothing. That we would have gotten a slow motion scene of her drinking coffee. Oh, wait, we did. (laughs) Um, Speaking of someone who got another slow motion introduction, let's talk about Aquaman for a quick Mm. second because we really didn't touch on him. No, not yet. I enjoyed his introduction with Bruce where mm-hmm. they had their back-and-forth conversation. Comes in on the king tide. <laughs> yeah. Like, the entire time, knowing that Bruce knows that he's Aquaman, Yeah, 
and the way that he plays that scene like worked so well for me it makes yeah. me think like yeah that's believable that bruce would go do something like that he says he climbed over the mountain <laughs> yeah i feel like there the 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 additional dialogue there like made it feel so much i don't know i guess it's better i don't know like mm -hmm. it felt more important yeah yeah uh paul you had mentioned the song was weird yeah yeah i thought that was a that was kind of weird. you guys I didn't agree. you guys well, didn't like midsummer <laughs> yeah it was definitely it definitely just reminded me of a scene from midsummer yeah i guess it kind of does uh, but so i know that everybody is like killing that part of the scene and i get it to an extent because it's really weird and it's kind of out of left field and there's no real explanation for it but what i took from it was that they treat him like god they there's such a reverence yeah. for when the aquaman comes to town that he's bestowed upon us through you know like the winter and they can't get boats in and shit like that he brings food for them and all of that stuff so like they he walks among them and they're like oh my god they follow him around and shit like that so they sing songs when he returns to the sea and yeah. they no, snatch I mean, up his belongings that yeah. he leaves and they give them back to him when he comes I get, back. I get that, but that's just what I took from it. I, dude, it's jarring and it's strange, but I'm yeah, just saying like, I don't, I don't hate <laughs> it because the, uh, the, the logic behind it is sound. Yeah. It's weird, yeah. but it's like, too, it was but long. like you don't live in Iceland. You don't know what the fuck <laughs> they do. <laughs> uh, no, but that's a really good point. And I think, in these movies, they frame these characters like larger-than-life beings mm -hmm. that we're not supposed to understand because we don't. We right. don't fully understand Superman. If a fucking alien came down from the sky, <laughs> everyone would be terrified. So everyone that's arguing that Superman in these movies doesn't act like Superman is wrong. Yeah. In my opinion, because yeah. he's the most he's the most Superman he's ever been in the last quarter of this movie. Yeah. In 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 these movies, in these movies, like Man of Steel is a yeah. straight up origin. Yeah. Batman versus Superman is an interlude to this. That's what that movie is. It's a yeah. the between story to get to the Justice League. And I think it's very inspiring for Clark to come out of this mm -hmm. and be like, I have a second chance. You know, like it changes his perspective. It really does change his perspective. And the when he goes to the ship to claim his, his suit back, he gets bombarded with messages from both of his fathers. Yeah. And there's always complaining about how Jonathan Kent is giving him really bad advice and Jor-El is giving him really weird advice. But I don't think anybody until this considered that it wasn't supposed to be two separate pieces of information right. Clark was taking in. It was one. And then they layer that dialogue to make a really compelling like thought for him yeah. to then come back. And then they have that, the one of the visuals that I literally got choked up on was Superman looking at Earth again after he has the suit on. I was so struck by that. I love that still. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but some of the uh, voiceovers from his dad's mm-hmm. uh, was new dialogue, mm-hmm. which I, I think I guess implies that he like communed with them while he was dead. It sort of it seems to imply that like there's there's a plane of existence in the DCU. beyond, right? Yeah, where yeah. Superman was for that time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that that's awesome. It's a really interesting thought. Yeah. And we get the black suit out of that. Yeah, the black suit was fucking great. The logical sense that I took from that is that he's a being that gets his power from the sun and needs to absorb as much of its radiation as possible. <laughs> so he's wearing black. <laughs> Just like in the summertime, when I wear a black shirt, it's very fucking hot. <laughs> it tracks, guys. That's all I'm saying. It's not fucking bogus and stupid the practical uh, effects literally practical <laughs> i i didn't have any issues with the black suit i think it's I, just, awesome. I mean but i wouldn't have had an issue if he picked like the red one a, yeah. a brighter normal colored suit yeah, or like yeah. a, a darker suit like it ultimately doesn't matter it's about how the character acts yeah it's cool i like the black suit i think i think it's interesting that they went in in post and digitally changed yeah. it to be black yeah. but i mean it's it's Zack snyder's movie so like let him yeah. do what he wants to do as far as like this is my last hurrah i wanted to make a superman movie with a black suit i thought he shot it in black and they recolored it for the theatrical one no no they it was they didn't let him do black and white but he he used a specific blue or something that he could just I, turn... I read something about it he's like yeah. i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no exactly he was like in case i ever get a director's cut or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. To make it like easier it, in post to yeah. change. He gave himself a back door to change the color of the <laughs> suit if he wanted to. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I like but, I like the fact that he had so much creative freedom on this. Yeah. And I think it goes to show <laughs> how influential streaming services are when it comes to content they mm-hmm. produce. They mm-hmm. could drop a four hour movie on your laps. And, you'll and crash it. the service. <laughs> <laughs> or accidentally leak it twice. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have um, any particular opinion about the ratio, the 4 by 3 Oh. I don't really cool. notice anything. I'm cool with the 4 by 3 ratio, man. Uh, I, but then again, I don't have problems watching strange aspect ratios on in film. I don't have any problem Like... Maybe it might be jarring to someone who's used to, like, widescreen format. Yeah, I mean... I have so many thoughts on this. <laughs> like, but I don't, I don't get the hate. No, I love that he did it in 4.3. Because, first of all, it's immediately different than anything you're going to watch on that service. Instantly. Um, but No, they got Looney Tunes. So... Well, but, like, <laughs> anything new, I guess. Um, but he did it in four three because he wanted it. it. It was it was it was streamlined for IMAX, and that is the aspect ratio of IMAX. Um, and he didn't want to fucking flip back and forth between the aspect ratios, and he didn't want to do it in like part of telling the story where like the nightmare is in widescreen, so you know it's part of the simulation Westworld. Um, <laughs> like he told it he put it in the frame that he wanted and if he letterboxed it we would have lost frame like part of the frame yeah because it was shot for that so that's how the yeah. fuck you get to see it 
when it's shot that way. <laughs> if he fucking letterboxed it, especially like I felt like at the beginning of the movie, some of the camera was like really, really tight. Mm-hmm. And like if they letterboxed that, you would have been like seeing people here. I feel like I mean they probably would have pulled it down, but I'm just saying like you would lose some of what the intent of seeing everything is, and I don't I don't like that. Like when I would buy DVDs in the past, I would buy full screen. I hated widescreen anyway. So like I want the entire frame full. All the Joker shit was like just his fucking face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was all filmed after the. Yeah, that was all filmed like for this yeah like i understood it was intended to be an imax and i i did appreciate that it was that throughout um yeah because i saw i saw batman versus superman in imax but the whole thing wasn't shot in IMAX, it was and that was really frustrating yeah see i never even noticed that shit but i know that that fucking bugs the hell out of people yeah um so as long like that's why i don't like going to see movies in imax (laughs) it was the same throughout which i did appreciate and um it was distracting at some parts because it's a very dark colored movie and Mm -hmm. just like the state of kind of modern colors is that like there's not really true blacks in the screen ever so Mm -hmm. having like the true black on the side like bleeding right into whatever shadow was like half the screen was a little frustrating um the way everything was framed for the most part was really good everything used the frame very nicely the only part that really frustrated me like it stuck out both times i watched it was whenever mira does like the air bubble Mm. to talk Mm. it's just this really like jarring over the shoulder that like didn't feel very creative okay and like there's so much like room in the space and it's especially jarring because like first there's that guard that comes to report to her before steppenwolf Mm. shows up and then after the fight she does the same thing with aquaman and it's like the same framing exactly and like just for everything else being very like creatively done and like the camera work being really beautiful that one moment just like Mm -hmm. fell because they went over the shoulder twice back to back and it's weird to do that yeah (laughs) it stands out in a movie that's four hours long filled with such beautiful cinematography and shot composition right right okay when he also got like six angles of every other scene and showed you almost all (laughs) All of them them. (laughs) like i got to see that woman dying under a horse from every possible angle yeah (laughs) Yeah, because we got the tracking, then we got like the j- and then we got the other one from the other side. Yeah, it was a lot. And then, and <laughs> There's was at least aerial. four. Yeah, the and then the aerial above her. There mm-hmm. were a lot of really weird cuts like that that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Like really weird, like a couple frames of, yeah, a, yeah. of an angle, and then we cut to a different one. It just felt well. That's when when we when Dark Side says, uh, "Ready the ships, we'll do it the old way." Or whatever, and then he starts walking from where he was to the other end of the dead end platform. Yeah, and we just kind of swing the camera around him, which is cool to watch. Dark side and Desaad and Granny Goodness all hanging out there with all the them. I almost said fucking demogorgons, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with all the the fucking uh, uh, parademons. Uh, lined up <laughs> i swear to god that's the word that came up in my head holy shit uh but we just kind of like nothing happens it the camera just kind of goes around them 
and then it's and then the scene's over and it was like we really i thought like something out because the implication that he's turned around and walking that way and we're following him walking that way the implication is that something else is there that we're gonna see and then we just don't so those are the things that when you guys are talking about the runtime which i'm neither here nor there about i'll watch a fucking four-hour movie i'll find the time for it those are like things that just like in editing you would just like okay we could cut that the fuck down we could cut that the fuck down but i don't think that he necessarily went through and trimmed scenes i think he filmed scenes completely yeah and then just okay on the timeline it goes here and that's it's his fucking script just that's the that's the editing job that was done to it was completing the actual frame like and then dropping it on the timeline and we're not trimming edges at all we're just leaving it in but that's the thing though like he knew however many years ago going in like they're not gonna let me put a four-hour movie on screen so like why did he plan a four-hour movie (laughs) it's i think it's one of those things it's probably one of those things where because uh, I know Chris Terrio is credited credited almost solely with the screenplay, yeah. But story yeah. by is him and Zach, yeah. So it's probably one of those things where they wrote a script together that they both really fucking like, and cutting it up made them very upset, and they didn't want to remove any parts of it. You know, like that's sure. like to me that's really what I think they just like they have that script which is probably like this, and. He was just like, I'm not removing a page of this. If you're letting me do it, I'm doing the whole thing. And that's that. And they were like, oh, you're $70 million. Fucking figure it out, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> When he was editing this movie, like, I don't think if Zack Snyder's original Justice League film came out in 2017 without right. all the right, Joss right, right. Whedon stuff, I don't think we would have gotten a four-hour film. I don't oh, yeah. think we would have even gotten a three-hour film. I think this turned into them putting as much of what the plan was for two and three into it as possible yeah yeah you know what i mean like they had the plan for one and then the plan was to do three of them in his head like the his best case scenario was he did three justice league movies and you guys know like just yeah with any movie like you're gonna get scenes that are left on the cutting room floor well with this there's nothing there's not right. gonna be like deleted scenes released right. on like <laughs> could you fucking imagine scenes. like <laughs> this is what this cut is right that yeah. Terry allen takes a shit <laughs> <laughs> but really fast and that's, the right. point. that's why i can't consider comparing this to like a theatrical release because yeah. you, you, you go can. into making the film differently Mm-hmm. And you know that, Joe, like there's scenes that just you cut, you, oh, well, <laughs> you filmed it. Yeah, it doesn't work. It didn't play and it, we get you know? rid of it. But this, there's yeah. no need to do that. No so might to... as well throw it in. <laughs> but I think they also, because the original plan he has even said was to release it in parts mm-hmm. as like a episodic series. Yeah. And like it's still cut into chapters, but. He, he said that originally he thought thought about doing that but then with contracts or whatever mm-hmm. they couldn't figure it out so they just stuck with the movie but that that brings up a good point what did you guys think about the chapters uh format of this i mean the only the what i think about is in a graphic novel sometimes they have chapters mm-hmm. and that's it like that's like that would have been like if this were a how many how many in total were there like officially six, six. Plus an epilogue. Well, seven with the epilogue. Okay. Okay. okay, so like this would have been a six-issue one-shot 
Right. And that would have been the title of each one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I liked the chapter markers and I thought it worked well. I think it works as a good way to go. Oh, if you need to, you could pause it here. Cause like there's a lull right. in the action. Like now's yeah. a good time instead of like the Irishman where <sighs> it's anyone's guess. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So there's there, there's no break in that movie. There's no break in that movie. Yeah. I think this movie would have been a lot more tougher to chew through if it wasn't chaptered. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's definitely possible. So. It's hard for me to remember a lot of chaptered movies. Like the only ones I can really think of are like Tarantino movies yeah. a lot of the times. <laughs> um, which like, yeah, like, I guess you can call that art house, but he's very like a Hollywood outsider that like made a niche for himself. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't like in those movies, like there's definitely a change happening from chapter to chapter, like even just like the tone changes, but there wasn't really like a tone shift and a lot of the content of the chapters didn't really add up to much. It was like, there's a scene that applies to like the title of this chapter, but the whole chapter doesn't really work towards. And really like, if you're going to, if you're going to cut it up into chapters, like, wouldn't it have i guess made more logical sense to be like the flash and give you his thing and aquaman and give you his thing and then all together now and like you know what i mean like instead of doing it in that way but like i i don't know i don't know that it necessarily added to the experience for me but i don't know what it would be like without having those hard cuts to black with text on screen because in my first watch through like i paused it a few times and i know joe like you took a break in between the epilogue yeah, you stopped chapter. at the fucking epilogue which drove me insane because <laughs> oh. first like i i forget what i stopped for probably just to like go to the bathroom um at like it was around the two hour mark because we were in atlantis i remember and i remember seeing the scrubber being like not even halfway through and i was like oh my fucking god because <laughs> <laughs> this is like a quarter of your waking day yeah <laughs> is yeah. this whole movie but yeah, I, <laughs> I needed to go to Ikea. <laughs> so I That's did just awesome. kind of leave the epilogue for like a day. And honestly, like where the movie ends, like it ends. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but OK, no. So the first half of the epilogue, I do appreciate um, as an end on the movie. That's a good like kind of mm-hmm. cool down after the action stops to yeah. be like, this is where we're leaving the characters. Yeah. And then the night like we'll talk about the nightmare scene. But like, I didn't think that was necessary. Here's a here's a question that I had kind of adjacent to the mother boxes. In the flashback when Darkseid is on Earth and like fucking shit up, did he know didn't he know then that Earth was the anti life equation no. planet? He didn't? No. Okay. He didn't right, even right. know until later. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Steppenwolf find out? Yes. Steppenwolf discovers it in a vision that he has when he two mother boxes are together and he is like taking energy for, or like he's like touching them for some reason, like just to see what they do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like suddenly brought to like where it is and shit. Like he's given the vision Um, because the, the mother boxes aren't like they said that they're not like good or evil. Right. They're, they just like, he's, they're showing him the thing that he wants, I guess. Okay. Um, For some reason, for some weird reason, I thought that like, 
he knew and then like forgot that it was the anti-life equation planet <laughs> well so he it, it uh, to me it wasn't clear like he was searching for he destroyed like what was it a hundred thousand worlds and <laughs> uh, to, to try to find the primitive planet that stuck up. So he didn't know what planet it was that he even was defeated on. Yeah. Okay. And he's seen so many that he can't possibly remember, <laughs> I think is what the the onus of that was trying to be, right? Got, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so the anti-life equation is like the, the most catastrophic thing that an evildoer can get their hands on because it takes away like, you're able to take away the living free will of other living beings or something like that. Like that's like okay. the total end all of it. So he's able to like control as we see later Superman with anti-life. That's great, but they don't ever tell us that they just say this thing. And yeah. I'm like, what does that fucking mean? <laughs> yeah. Within the context of the movie, they say take over or take control of the multiverse. Yeah. So, like, they kind of set it up to be anything. Yeah. You but know? To, to that end, what does chaos magic mean? Yeah. You know? Like, they just say a thing, and it's, you know, <laughs> depending on the context, you go, oh. like Yeah, but I hear, but, like, anti-life equation, and I'm like, oh, it's going to kill people. <laughs> yeah. No, but, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I, I, think, I think that's just one of the things, like, if it's, like, if you've read comics, where the anti-life equation was featured, then yeah. you'd be like, oh, okay. I've... Oh, the anti-life. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cheyenne even was <laughs> asking me questions like, well, what is that? Because I don't even know. Right. Like, yeah. So it just goes, the message was lost yeah, within the yeah. context No, I don't the think film. that they, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that they fucking explained it in any way that I think was suitable. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, they just kind of said, like Joe said, they just said it and kind of moved on. But yeah. it also, I don't know that, like, they wanted to dwell on having to explain right now what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, then it could lead to another exposition dump. Right. That we don't where, where we get like Desaad talking to a fucking parademon and he's like, the anti-life <laughs> equation. Oh, well, you know all about this. There's like right. a new parademon in town. And he just got hired. I loved like, how they explained how he amasses parademons. Yeah. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, he hasn't had the mother boxes to create the unity for 5,000 years or whatever. So, do they reproduce or, like, no, no, he no. just it's, had the same... When he when he destroys a planet. Uh -huh. Yeah, when he, when he conquers a world. Whenever he conquers a world, all of the <laughs> beings that are still alive right. are, like, Trans transformed, transformed or turned over. Yeah. Yeah. And they become the parademons. So it has nothing necessarily to do with the mother boxes. But the mother boxes don't necessarily... I don't think the mother boxes necessarily terraform as much as they... I think they described it as like a fireball going across the surface of the Earth. Like once so, the unity is achieved, you get that... Yeah. And that's like the destruction of Earth as we know it. So the way that I understand that is there's multiple sets of mother boxes these were just the ones they left behind and oh. once one awakened that's when steppenwolf was like oh shit that's the planet right, right there's right, mother right, boxes right. there i can go conquer it got it okay right, i mean right. i 
if there are if there's an existence of additional mother boxes, I don't think that they made that clear at all. No, yeah, no but yeah, that's just the way that my brain interpreted that. I'm doing the writing for them. They just <laughs> lost three of them along the way, and he went to go get them. Could be wrong. I watched the movie once. <laughs> uh, so what did we think of Steppenwolf as a villain in this that, movie? He's very, like, kind of standard villain up until he gets the first mother box and he contacts Desaad. Yeah. And, like, taking the care to, like, put that, like, kind of childlike fear in his eyes and, like, his brow goes up. Um, it really brought out the performance from the CG Whereas, yeah. like, yeah. outside of those conversations, like, he's very just, like, angry man. I'm here yeah. to destroy yeah. the world. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was going to say about Steppenwolf, <laughs> is that they they made a point to make his eyes very expressive. Yeah. And I think, I think that helps in, like, giving you that little bit of, like, sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. You know what when I mean? He like, makes like sad puppy dog eyes at a certain point, and I was like, "Oh, poor Stefan," because <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of like middle management. And if the plan, if everything goes to plan, he's a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, and like it's a suicide mission, right? Like there's no he there's no winning. If he fails, they kill him. But if he wins and gets all three mother boxes to do the unity, the fucking planet is destroyed, and he's there. <laughs> he can't boom tube out of there before the unity happens because they are stopping him from that. So he's like between a rock and a fucking hard place that entire time, which yeah. makes it all the more interesting to watch that fight because now you he's got stakes yeah, like they've got stakes. Like they yeah. have to stop him to save the earth, but if he doesn't stop them, he's going to fucking die. Yeah, and he has he has that... He says something about like, I just, I just want to go back home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he's I so like over being on this. This isn't my work. <laughs> <laughs> it's also telling that like Superman's the only one who really could deal with him. And but even he is afraid of something more. Yeah. Right. 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 Like Jordan said, like everybody being basically gods on this team. Um, but there, <laughs> there's a super god who's waiting. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it speaks to like how powerful dark side would be if he were to lift a finger here. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, if the only thing like Steppenwolf couldn't handle Superman, but Superman's the only thing that could handle Steppenwolf. Yeah. Except maybe Diana, if she had like a little bit more time and probably some more help. Um, Cause she's the only one that came close. I mean, I feel like Aquaman held his own also. But, like, you definitely don't want Cyborg fighting him, and you definitely don't want Flash fighting him, and Batman isn't even in the fucking room. Yeah, yeah. Because he knows that there's no chance of surviving that, so he's going to fucking deal with the outside, which is such a fucking awesome scene. To yeah. watch him be the Batman that entire time, which was... Yeah. I, I fucking love that. Yeah. I, I really liked Steppenwolf. I really liked his motivation. He acted like such a fucking badass just swinging his axe and taking oh. out amazons what well, he used it more like a like a golf club at one point Ugh. he threw a horse <laughs> <laughs> that was an incredible scene start to finish i'm really glad that scene got additional time in this movie um and the amazons just looked like a bunch of 
incredible warriors that they like should be you yeah. know they really I, hold I, up that They're just like that all made me really happy like seeing Themyscira like that and watching that dome fall i but i love the des- i love the the thought behind the design of that temple yeah like they got that mother box and immediately started construction on a remote island part of the thing up against the cliff and they built it so that if any shit goes down we're just going to take these fucking pillars out and the thing's going to crumble into the sea like that was the fate of that building no matter what (laughs) (laughs) and i just love like how practical that is but how like logical for and like for their um i don't know like technology level or whatever like they're doing that makes so much like that's something that you would find in like greece or what like in that area something like that would be like one of the wonders of the world that you would see like oh the dome that they built for the thing that we don't know about (laughs) the scene in the field definitely played well to me the um the action inside the dome was good but that was a point where hippolyta one like she has the mother box and then she like turns very slowly to like slowly run up a wall and i'm like right um but like the action just freezes for her to have a conversation there and Mm -hmm. it's like he's right there (laughs) like you need to get out of there it's just an awkward thing and she's running down the hallway and then she stops to help the amazon who's fighting to get her out yeah even though you're gonna seal her in and throw her into the ocean anyway (laughs) it was like it was just like a really weird like illogical thing i didn't like in that scene how when the uh parademons come out of the the boom tube and we're up on the wall with a couple of the amazons as they're like notching their bows and stuff like that um one of the pair like two of them just kind of like fly out from underneath it and then like really take their time to like float around in front of them for a second and i'm like (laughs) nobody else in the room is gonna deal with okay (laughs) they gotta they just they really had like enough time to kind of present themselves there which is probably yeah, a creative yeah. decision, but at the same time, like they probably would have been catching some sort of ricochet or from someone on the other side of the room. That's they're all fighting there. Like there's yeah. no way that there's no arrow flying through that. They just like, I, so I imagine that there's a contingent of Amazonians that are like damned to be like hanging out there all the time. Or is it because the mother box made noise that they sent people there to watch it? I think it always had some guard, and then, like, once it oh, crashed, then they, they were like, okay. yeah, everybody else. <laughs> I was like, wow, are, are they really just willing to get rid of 50 of their own people at any time? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, they're all just hanging out in that temple every day. <laughs> <laughs> they're a shift changing. Like, it's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but no, I was going to say that, that uh, fucking really sweet Batmobile scene. And in this film is framed 100% differently than what it was in the other film. I like the Batmobile scene was awesome and the action surrounding that and all of the little things that they did. Like we got the same movements from Aquaman, but they felt way different here than they did in the previous film. Um, who, I mean, Diana in that scene is awesome. She's cutting Cyborg people in half awesome. and shit. Cyborg is awesome. And that dude, when he took out that whole city block with his lasers and shit, like I was like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> like he's not fucking around right now. 
Barry got shot twice. <laughs> yeah. He but did. that so yeah, so that all leads to Barry running back in time, and that's not something that we've talked about yet. Hmm. Uh, no. What the uh, fuck, dude? I think that's my favorite moment in the film. I think it's my favorite moment in any DC film ever. I didn't they... I didn't ex- first of all, I did not expect it at all. Nope. And it like as it started to happen i i literally stood up off of the couch and had my jaw like because i could not believe that they were doing that and how fast he would like holy shit it was so good and they like they teased it earlier when he brought superman back and i thought that was going to be the extent of it i was like Mm -hmm. oh we're going to get a flashpoint movie like right whatever and then the unity happens and we watch the earth get destroyed And he stops it, and my heart, like, I yeah. just couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it, just the way he, they did his speed in general. Mm-hmm. They presented it in a way that's unique and different, where it's more like, instead of him just running fast, yeah. he's, like, manipulating time around him. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I just think that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was sick. But, like... So so all of that sets up talking about the nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, that's what makes the epilogue nightmare scene and then the BVS nightmare scene uh, so important because I think that that decision by him all by himself to do that, which I think is also important for that character going forward, is the flashpoint of these movies. Yeah, but I so the thing is, Cyborg has that vision of the nightmare. Yeah, right before they resurrect him. So I think the fact that they bring back Superman sets them on the course to nightmare. No matter what. Um, okay. And like the nightmare scene is when Darkseid comes because they've you know put a target on their back. So Darkseid comes and he succeeds. So like they really just kind of prolonged the his takeover. Um, okay. and then yeah like you said with the uh the anti-life thing i like i guess that is i was thinking it was an injustice thing which i guess his plan was to mix injustice with the anti-life equation type of storyline yeah it definitely um, it definitely seems like uh the idea behind injustice is part of the thing that's fueling the idea for this bad superman that he's hinting at in yeah. in the nightmare but I do think, like, the fact that Barry did do this um, will have some kind of, like, butterfly effect. But then, so what you're saying is that they're not, it's not two timelines. Yeah. It's one, and no matter what, we're getting to Nightmare. Because they brought him back. It, se- it seems so, yeah. like okay. the movie implies that. Okay. Yeah. It's still to come. Like, that stuff yeah. hasn't happened yet. Okay. No, I mean, it just it just seemed like, to me, it seemed like we were living in two realities at that point when we see both of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it seemed like, oh, here's the happy one. Mm. Bruce is adding people to the Justice League table. They're making the whole... How fucking beautiful. And then on the other side of that, it's like the fallout of that decision that you, you don't see because the rest of the Earth is, like, happy and fine. But, like, yeah. there's also the timeline where he fucked everything up. Like, that's what I was thinking. That does make sense to me. Like, especially with just the fact that they're coming to Bruce as nightmares. Right. Wink. Um, but, 
the fact that like it's like a another life like memories seeping through from okay another dimension or whatever so like that does make sense to me it's just everything else that like we got in this movie like especially like the conversation with diana about like the seed of like oh well maybe it's maybe that thing hasn't happened yet right yeah um but so there's a it, within one of the the scene that um lois talks to martha manhunter um <laughs> we, we we see on her desk if you it's not in focus necessarily but there's like a box for a pregnancy test yeah and she goes into the bathroom and takes it right yeah so so what so i get what you're like it makes sense what you're saying is that it's it's one timeline because this lois is pregnant by the previously dead superman who's now back but she is just finding out that she's pregnant. She hasn't dropped that news on anybody yet. You know what I mean? Well, we don't. It's we don't even know if she is pregnant, right? It's but just the, so, it's a scene that is meant yeah. to like, is she provoke but, the question? Like you don't know. Like that's and the then, way that I feel like these nightmare scenes are. Is like it's a possible future, but nothing's concrete. You know, like one simple decision could change the course of that. To me now with it seems like bruce not he like we don't know what happens next so does bruce heed the warning that lois is the key and prevent the nightmare or well that that's why i think that line is with diana's relevant when when he when he questions it and she's like right yeah she was the key because it because it calmed down superman so I think he's meant to like yeah, assume that, that that's what it was meant for. But really, but, right? But I think right. that that's probably the fatal flaw in that is that it wasn't solved, and he doesn't yeah. protect the her. The nightmares and, never exactly. stop. Right, and that I'm. He's but like, optimistic. I don't think I don't think that there's <laughs> anything that they could do now to get them off of the track of it. Like no, the nightmare yeah. is like a. I don't think so, it's a yeah. stop on the train track that they're on, and they have to go to it now. There's no escaping that future now, yeah, I feel yeah. like. I feel like it's almost cemented. Which might be why he was adding that, like, nightmare scene. Right. Since he went back to film it. Like, okay, I wanted to do more. I wanted to get Joker and Batman on screen together. So let's just do it. Let's let's throw a bone and just get it in there and Dude. see what happens. And... Um, that scene, that scene for me is like one hundred percent successful. I wasn't crazy about Jared Leto. I loved I, it. I loved it. I loved it too. Honestly, he, uh, definitely an improvement from Suicide Squad. But I like. I don't know. There's just but something there was, about. So there were like there were ways that he acted in in that movie that to me were still very Joker e. But yeah. like with his this weird thing that they were doing with the tattoos and whatnot, like this weird persona that they wanted him to try to encapsulate within the Joker framework, which I just I didn't necessarily like. Right. But here, the right yeah. all of that stripped away, and it's purely like his take on the Joker. Like yeah. there's never been, there's probably never been a more an artist's more pure take on that character than what Jared Leto does in that scene because it was literally him, Zach, and like a camera guy. Yeah. And Ben filming that. So it was like brain to mouth whatever was coming out was coming out. 
my my issue with that scene is the way that it was shot and i'm sure that it's got to do with like covid and all that stuff but just yeah. the really close up angles yeah it was weird like we get it it's it supposed weird. to be a dream it doesn't need to be like super artsy and close up and shit well i think i, I think that that was more why it was blurry was that it was intended to be a dream and i think that that's how they explain away joker not having the tattoos that we know he has in real life that we've seen well, I think already it's just paint that. over him i think it's just makeup over him well I, I mean it's entirely possible but i'm saying in a dream you don't necessarily remember all of the details and you don't see everything clearly and when you wake up it's kind of fuzzy so that's to me what that camera was trying to to play with hmm. was like he's he's seeing it but like you yeah. know that that you know like when you dream something and you know it's that person but they're clearly not that person yeah. like that's like the idea i feel like I'm just saying it didn't work for me on okay. screen. I get the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. I got it. I mean, it, it's it's way it's way over the top regardless. Like, I'll agree that it's like way over, to- yeah. over the top. That The rest of that scene, though, like the addition of Cyborg, the addition of Flash, the addition yeah. of Mera, like that all worked for me. Deathstroke, awesome. Yeah. Like the Joker, Batman stuff was jarring to me and i think it might have had to do with what jared leto was saying how mm-hmm. he was like making the reach around joke and it made me be like oh my god it's jared leto like so i think i need to just go back and rewatch it yeah because i've only seen it once it plays so well i feel like it plays so well but i'm just saying like in that first playthrough for me didn't didn't land it's a very like strange little analysis of the batman joker relationship yes. especially before he's even on screen when Mira says have you ever loved anyone and then we pan to the Joker right and like I know like in the context of the scene he's about to taunt him about all the people he's loved but like it's such a weird relationship with the Joker where like he it's not like a sexual thing even though like he taunts him about it but there's some weird like romantic tension between the two characters and that's played that's played up in every comic book that has the two of them together yeah exactly every time dude here's all i'm gonna say about (laughs) the idea of batman and the joker being forced to team up to fight superman is a fucking gold mine it's a fucking gold mine because they could have such an emotional yeah. story arc. Because like who who has Bruce been through more with? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, dude, just, just imagine them like dying together at the end. But no, no, seriously, like you know, and yeah. you know what's perfect is that this is episode fifty-two because that was the <laughs> end of the run of the new fifty-two Batman story. Is that Batman and Joker died together? Oh, okay, yep. okay. Yep. But I, I, I just, Spoilers. <laughs> I, I, I no, I, I do agree with, yeah. I think, the team-up of Batman and Joker in a post-apocalyptic world. Yes. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Yeah. I think that's something the Joker would absolutely do. It also had Nightmare on, or Last Night on Earth vibes, in a way. Yeah. Because that it kind of explored that, too, where Joker's like a head in a lantern oh, jar, and they're yeah. talking the whole time. But I, and I, I mean, I liked that Batman told him he was going to fucking kill him. Like, I like that. That line made sense to me. It when they sense. got serious, yeah. Yeah. their interaction worked really because well. everyone's fucking dead. 
Right. Yeah. It doesn't you know, matter he's anymore. Not the, yeah, he's not the same fucking person, Batman. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He he's just Joker. Still has a utility to him, so that's why he hasn't killed him yet. Right. And then he's like rolling his eyes at the shit he's saying, and everybody's going, "Really? Do we have to keep dealing with like <laughs> I want that movie?" Yes. <laughs> yes. I would watch six hours of that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that would be a really good HBO Max series, like a ten episode. Yeah. HBO Max produced nightmare. That's all it's called. Nightmare. Yeah. That's it. But I mean, like I said, if this is all we got, I'm satisfied. Yeah. yeah. It's cool to imagine like how they got there and why, like all of the all exactly. of that stuff plays. And like at the beginning when they're like talking about he'll see us or he'll do this or he'll do that i mean we're all thinking it's dark side yeah like i don't think that the idea that it's superman ever even enters anybody's mind until you hear the boom that they always play when he flies through like the atmosphere well i think i think mira is talking about dark side because she says he'll pay for what he did to arthur right and and you see dark side like lasering or no but you saw that earlier but like you don't necessarily know that superman didn't put arthur in a position that that happened oh yeah like what he did to arthur could be superman having him in the you know fighting him on his own or something like that right (laughs) so i think it's like the nightmare and the the epilogue for it for me is just like such an awesome thought project of like what could be and of, from what we got, like trying to cobble the pieces of that together, because I, I feel like the end of the nightmare sequence that we get in BV or like the nightmare sequence that we get in BVS is after this, yeah. after what we see here. Yeah, I think I so, think so yeah. too. Because I think Bruce Wayne, he, uh, Superman, like rips Bruce Wayne's ch- chest out or some shit. It's hard. Yeah. Out. Yeah. So I feel that's like that's where the, the that's where it ends. Like right. Superman has his hand on it. Which. I'm just thinking about this now is kind of funny because Flash is too soon and that message or that visual for Bruce is like too late mm. in where they're at in the story. Because hmm. if he saw this one in BBS, <laughs> it would be a different trajectory for that group, I feel like. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's more yeah. people and he'd be like, Okay, you're you you're like he's looking more up and like trying to find out more information, yeah, as opposed to seeing just Superman capturing him and that being it and being like double crossed by some fucking soldiers or whatever, right? Like, that's way more impactful if he saw this, but obviously, like, you couldn't, you know what I mean? But I think that that one is the end part of what we see here, which I think is really cool. Which we also get a clip of Superman like flying and then he mm. like tosses away the mask on top of the on top of the newly retrofitted and then freshly destroyed wayne manor that became the hall of justice with aquaman's thing and then there's the joker card flying in the air and kilowog is dead on the floor there and uh uh and then superman tosses the mask onto the fucking pile of rubble like so fucking cool so like that's in my brain the end of the nightmare yeah it's just weird the placement in the epilogue Mm. where they had that nightmare sequence for me 
but it's just like the so then the film ends but then you're like that's the the, the like takeaways you're like yeah because i feel like it brought everybody up like that last hour 30 of this movie for me is like fucking perfect and i will mainline it into my veins <laughs> but that first rest of it is like I don't well, I'm just saying, like, what the they're showing you in the nightmare and yeah, yeah, when yeah. they're showing it to you is weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that that's all probably. I feel like that's kind of probably by design. Sure. Yeah. Is yeah. to make you be like, where, where is, how is this, how, when does he kill, when does he do, like, all that kind of stuff? Because, like, and we kind of we talk we talked about the ones that Cyborg saw, like the the flashbacks that he saw, and he's the one that sees Arthur die. Yeah. And the funeral for Diana. Yep. Mm-hmm. But what I did not like about that is that being the first time I see Superman's face. Because hmm. the first time that we see him, he's in a black suit. He's holding the freshly burned corpse of what we're assuming is Lois Lane inside the Batcave. Yeah. Which is... A, and Darkseid's right behind him and puts yeah. his hand on his shoulder. There's, like, a lot to fucking digest out of that visual. Yeah. And that's, like, the first time we see Superman in this movie, which I don't know that I necessarily like that that's the first time that I see him. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I didn't even think about it that way. Any final thoughts <laughs> on Zack Snyder's Justice League before we wrap this one up and close it out? It's vastly improved. There's some shit in there that maybe doesn't need to be in there, but it's in there because it's already four hours long. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of great moments. All of the acting is fucking great. Soundtrack can get annoying at times. Yeah. It's all it's awesome. <laughs> also close out with your favorite scene. Yeah. Why not? Shit. Uh Shit, what is my favorite scene? I think my, I guess my favorite scene would be like Superman, like cold breathing Steppenwolf's axe. So cool. And then like just smashing it. I, I, I mean, yeah, that's probably my favorite scene. Uh, I loved this movie. I will definitely watch it again. I want to one of these days do a marathon of oh, man of steel man. bvs and oh Zack God. snyder's justice league and <laughs> just see where my mind's at afterwards uh but i feel now, like now you're speaking my language <laughs> that's like a 13 hour day <laughs> i feel like it would work incredibly well back to back to back i think so. yeah yeah i think we'd see way more parallels mm-hmm. i think there are more parallels than we've even cracked the surface of oh for sure without a fucking doubt dude so i'm i'm just very excited that this even was a thing that happened i'm very grateful i'm very satisfied and the fucking flash running back in time was incredible <laughs> my favorite scene uh make your own past make your own future mm-hmm. it's all right now and i i love that i mean and it's quite literal for him yeah mm-hmm. is that time is on the tips of his feet <laughs> like <Right. it> to... yeah. <laughs> so it's it works it works every every possible way i feel like i think it's a good movie i think it definitely 
could have been a lot tighter and I've already said I think it should have been um I feel like it's trying to be a couple different movies whether it be like a mini Aquaman and Flash movie and honestly like a mini movie for every character um and also like trying to be part of a sequel at the same time um I know one of like the studio execs like trying to do PR around the thing that was toxic for Warner Brothers said something like, oh, like Zach got to finish his trilogy, which like he didn't like this doesn't really finish the Man of Steel story at all. And it definitely like leaves so many threads open open for Justice League, (laughs) which I found pretty frustrating. Like I wish it was a little more closed ended. Mm. Um I know he was trying to make what he originally wanted, but I think it would have been useful to make something a little more final. Okay. As far as my favorite scene, um, I liked the kind of like Tomb Raider Diana scene um, where she finds all the like the hieroglyphics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Nice, yeah. Um, I thought it was a really nice way to bring her world into this conflict. And that's how she finds out the story that she tells Bruce. And she's able to just relay all of that just from these images, mm. which was a really cool little seed. Mm. And it was just a very, like the set design of that whole thing was beautiful. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch this again. (laughs) 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 It's so long. And that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. You watched it once and you got to talk about it. So now your final thoughts on it are forever etched into the universe's canon. (laughs) So if we ever get drunk at Christmas and you guys will make me watch it and I'll just scream the whole time. (laughs) Uh, So when it ended, I, I, I don't know that I was in love with it, but like, chewing on it and like oh we got that oh we got that oh we got like the more you kind of pull apart what you see you're like like i was i'm just very satisfied with how this turned out because this like could have been a disaster you know what i mean like and i'm just so glad that like he got to tell most of the story that he intended on telling um, do I want more from the Snyderverse as it's been like dubbed? <laughs> yes. Um, I want it right now. Uh, I read something right before we started recording that Warner Brothers said no to an air cut of Suicide Squad, which I think is a fucking mistake because I think there's a huge market for that. If they even could comprehend the amount of people that use that movie as a doorway into starting cosplay and (laughs) all the other stuff that came with the designs from that movie to not give that guy uh his proper due which would have tied into this because the faceless villains in suicide squad are actually supposed to be fucking parademons they're not supposed to be faceless yeah and the guy that she uh, that the Enchantress possesses at the end of that movie isn't supposed to be her fucking no-name brother that nobody cares about. It's supposed to be Steppenwolf there with her. Right. So that frames that movie entirely differently. 
and then there's more to do with Harley and Joker, which would help, I think, everybody out in terms of understanding their relationship when you get to Birds of Prey, but whatever. Uh, they're not going to do it because they like to shit on money that they could have to spite themselves. So, <laughs> and I think that they prove that over and fucking over again, like they did when they meddled in this movie originally. Yeah. So it's a studio that can't fucking help itself, really. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing with the air cut too is it's a simple re-edit. Like it's not like that footage doesn't exist. It's all there. He has all of it. Yeah, he, he should just it. fucking do it and leak it himself. He should just do it and leak it himself and be like, oh, I don't know what happened. Somebody from Russia fucking found it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so difficult in a movie with so much to try to like nail down what you liked. But like starting with Superman's rebirth is like where I really fucking just fall in love with this movie. I know that that's like 238 into it. I know that. But like... From that moment on, I feel like it does no wrong at all. Mm. And it's just, like, super fucking enjoyable. I like all the people in all of these roles, so, like, I want more of it. I want more of it. I want to see that, like, even if they don't let him do Nightmare on film, like, how hard would it be for that guy to make a fucking comic book? Like, yeah, really? With If, if his script has the visuals in it the way that it seems... The, the fuck that he understands it. This should be really simple for him to bang that out. Yeah. Um, so there's no, ex- there's really no excuse for us to not get that in one form of content or another going forward. You know what I mean? If you can't have Affleck do it because he doesn't want to be Batman anymore and you can't, timing doesn't work out, this, that, and the other thing, fucking COVID still like, there's still a way to get that idea across. There's no reason that it should sit, dust it up and let him drop fucking ideas on Vero for it. <laughs> More. I got four hours and I fucking want more. <laughs> well, so this has been our thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, which we've really just scratched the surface. Uh, if you would like, though, you could interact with us on social media uh, at PopCanon and talk about it with us some more. You could also follow us on social media, some of us, Myself, you could find on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. I'm on those <laughs> at Joe for Broke. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't find Paul because he's... Uh... I, qu- I quit computers. <laughs> I quit them. <laughs> for lent right paul's not doing computers for lent you guys uh if you would like to you could also uh subscribe on your favorite mm. podcast platform and on youtube so that you don't miss any episodes uh and you could see our beautiful faces also if you would be so inclined drop a rating and a review for us especially but not limited to on apple podcasts Let us know what you thought of the Snyder Cut. Let us know uh, if you thought that it was everything you wanted and more, or did it leave you wanting more? Uh, I qualify as both. And uh, as always, stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, For Pop Cannon, my name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Paul. I'm Joe. The recording's over two hours. It's over. We gotta stop. All right? (laughs) We're just cutting now.